Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, Thomas and Caballeros. Welcome back to another edition of Leaving the Ring. We have moved officially to Mondays. No more Thursday nights. We're going to be uh, every week. We're going to be here on Leaving the Ring on Monday night at 6 p.m. So, uh, day, but topics. You know, same old myself and Mr. Gable Montoya here on the Leaving the Ring. It's a beautiful day. Happy Memorial Weekend for everybody. Hopefully, you guys didn't have to work today on Monday. I did a bit. I did some yard work, and uh, but then I got right down to it, man. Started barbecuing and, you know, uh, getting the ice chest out, washing it out, putting ice, and doing all the other things that are well, putting everything that's needed for a barbecue. You know, the necessities, as you say. What's going on, Gabriel? How you doing, man? How's how's your day been here uh, down over there in San Francisco, Mister Han Polo? Uh... Just been chilling, man. You know, I uh, did a little grocery shopping, and uh, I did kind of most of my stuff over the weekend. Uh, went hiking in Muir Woods yesterday, you know, checking out uh, the woods, which is nice to get out of the city. But today's just been Boxing Day. been catching up on all the stuff and uh, seeing if any, there's any breaking news about Canelo. It's, uh, Oscar tweeted out that uh, they're moving on uh, to a different fight. They're looking at uh, Saunders or Sounders, depending on uh, how you spell it. Uh, as well as maybe Charlo, uh, Danny Jacobs is apparently in the mix, and uh, Spike O'Sullivan. <laughs> One of these guys yeah, is a little bit different shuffle. than the rest of them. <laughs> yeah. Everybody, everybody seems to be in this uh, this big house party, and we're just trying to figure out who's going to be the DJ um, for the dance partner. You know, it's it's a little interesting. I know that what I've been watching and what I've been kind of seeing um, through social media is the panic attack and fans just going nuts and crazy and throwing out, you know, uh, who's got bigger numbers or who's the bigger draw, who's the A side, who is the e A side, diva, who's not a diva, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What I find interesting is that you've got a promoter that people love to insult, Oscar De Hoya. Um, I see some guys out there that just, you know, but this is the, the, you know, this is the Internet world. This is what the world that we live in now. Everybody's a tough guy and everybody's uh, – it's okay to say exactly what's on your mind that's not even politically correct or, or it's just, you know, it's just plain out rude. And I see some guys, you know, calling, you know, saying, uh, uh, Oscar, you're still, what, are you still on Coke? Or Oscar, you, you know, you go back to rehab and Oscar this and Oscar that. But the thing is that people are forgetting is that Oscar is wearing the promoter's hat. And just like Tom Lawfer, if you're upset with Tom Lawfer and your guys are telling Tom Lawfer, hey, you know, you you know, just take the deal. Uh, guys, both of these guys are working for their fighters. They're both trying to get as much as they can. That's why these fighters signed with them. So they, they, they can take care of the business side. And all they need to do is train, be ready, and step in the ring. Am I over it? I was never on it from the beginning. I got a lot of emails on our leaving the ring uh, um, um, Gmail, and people are like, "I'm so over this, Dave, and this and this." And I'm like, "Well, I've never been on it. 
The thing is, is I do with podcasts. So if the topic is up and it's relevant, I got to talk about it. We talk about the current events. The, to me, the best part of being a boxing fan is the night that you sit down and you, you, you put in a 12-pack of beer in the refrigerator. So it's nice and cold. You throw on some meat. Everybody comes over. You have a laugh. You watch the undercards and the main event comes along. That's really where I stand. That's kind of a guy that I am. I kind of care about that. All the other stuff, well, to me, it's just, it's wasted energy, in my opinion. Because the truth is, is both of these guys are not going to give you every bit of information to lead you on, or to lead you to believe that something's going to happen. I feel that there's some tactics that are being used by a promoter who learned from an old promoter by the name of Bob Arum, is to kind of stand your ground and call the other guys bluff. That's what I kind of see. Both of these guys are ca- trying to call each other's bluff. To me, it really depends on who really wants to fight more, who's going to give a little bit up to make this fight happen. Whoever decides to do that, it's not about who's the A side, who's the B side. It's about who's, who's really in touch with reality. And that's what I'm waiting for, the reality. If they don't, there's plenty of options for both fighters to travel to. There's a lot of fighters in the middleweight division. But even with that being said, remember this, a lot of those fighters that we're thinking of are with different promoters. So we're both kind of, I mean, they're both kind of back in the same drawing board of figuring out who's got more leverage and what money is going to be broken off and who gets the bigger share and where it's going to be. These two guys, um, we've had Tom Lawford, and we've also had the chief matchmaker of Golden Boy on our show, uh, Roberto Diaz, and they both acknowledge that, hey, you know, Triple G and Canelo need each other. You know? Um, my, my thing is this. The fight is, is, is it a 50-50 fight, Gabriel? I'm not sure. But I tell you what, fans want to see it, no matter what. So they draw enough fans that want to show up to see this fight. This fight is very important for fans that Triple G won this fight. Some fans that it was and then you have that Canelo won this. But it's drum up enough attention that fans want to watch it. So I think it's fair that whatever they negotiate, it, it's it's got to be negotiable by reality. And the reality is is that one guy is a bigger star. One guy does bring But it doesn't mean the other guy doesn't like a – why would the Canelo fans be asking for this rematch to happen? Gabriel? Yeah, I – you know – the longer I've been a boxing media person, I mean, I used to be a full-time writer, but I, I'm not, so I don't call myself that anymore. Uh, but I'll just say a media person. Um, the longer that goes on, the less I care about splits and who gets what money and, and the endless game and, and talk about this stuff. You know, uh, I just want, like you, I, I just want to see a good fight. I want to see top-level guys fighting each other. That's really the only way to know how the, how good they are. You know, I've never believed in the uh, the on-paper victory. Like, you know, well, Margarito, uh, you know, a, a sta- straight up and down, you know, no, no special effects uh, Mexican style. So Floyd would have beat him anyways. Now, I, I want to see the fight. Um, and in this case, 
you know, I was surprised. I, I didn't think much of Canelo. I, I haven't really been a huge Canelo guy uh, for his whole career. I covered him right from the beginning. Uh, but the more I've watched him, it, it, things always kind of tip in his scale, whether it's the weight, you know, his first belt, winning it at a catch weight that he didn't make. Uh, but he still made the junior middleweight limit. So, you know, uh, it's all good. But, you know, he fought a guy that really wasn't a 154 pounder. Uh, we've seen close decisions. Uh, you know, like I thought, you know, the like the Lara and the Trout fights could have gone the other way. Uh, they didn't. They went Canelo's way. Like he's always had it his way. And that's one of the things I said about this situation uh, when I was still on the next round was now things aren't going Canelo's way in the worst way possible. We're going to see how he responds to that. Because remember, you know, you and I had him on the, on this show and you right. asked him what a champion's responsibility is. So how ironic that that kind of finally came back around. He, he did answer you in a way uh, and he ended up hanging up on you uh, because right. and, you know, both of us because of that. But here he is, you know, faced with two positives. Uh, of a drug that has a long history of contamination, and that that fact goes both ways. He should have known better, uh, but also, you know, if it's a contamination thing, how are you supposed to know better? Uh, you know, people want him to to have his own uh, to turn his ranch, which I think is for horses, into a cattle ranch, which is probably super freaking expensive. And if you talk to environmentalists, shitty for the environment. But they want him to do that, butcher his own meat, make sure it's all good, so that they can get their fight and a lot of them will stream it. Uh, but so they want him to spend money <laughs> while they right. screw him on the other end. Uh, but that's a you know separate issue. Uh, but to me, he's responded like a champion should and like an innocent person or a person that wants to prove they're innocent as best they can when there really isn't available science to do that. Uh, he's provided receipts for where he was at. Uh, he cooperated with the investigation in doing so. Uh, he did the hair test, which he didn't have to do, but was asked of him, and so he did it. Uh, I imagine he could have gotten a lawyer to get him out of that, but he didn't. He went with it. Um, and then he joins VADA 365, uh, apparently is, is signing back up for the clean boxing program. Uh, I'm not sure I could look up during the show if that's confirmed yet, but he's doing it, taking all these steps that everybody said he should. And along the way, what I've watched is as he's taking these steps – People aren't satisfied with that. Well, he, he had to do it, so we don't get to praise him for doing 365 when he actually didn't have to do that. I think he had to do like one test before he asked for his uh, license back from Nevada, which was, you know, uh, woefully inadequate. But instead, he goes 365. Uh, third well, guy to here's the right thing behind is that, behind like you mentioned, here's the thing that, like you just mentioned, um, he didn't have to do it. It was the principle. I'm hearing that right. word a lot. The yes. principle, there's, you know, I'm doing this for the principle. Well, this guy did it too. The principle of him saying, hey, I didn't cheat. I'm going to provide what is being asked by the fans. And you know what? But, I, you, I know, always, you know, but here, before you move forward, we got to remove that word. We don't know that he cheated. We know he tested right. positive twice for clenbuterol, which has a history of contamination in meat. That's right, what we but know. The principle is this is why I'm doing it, to, to show the innocence my innocence. I, I'm, yes. I'm the principle of me, of the fact that, hey, I'm going to show my innocence. I'm going to do, I, I, I paid attention to what the fans were asking of me, what the naysayers were saying about me, and this is what I did. Yes. You know? and, and, and that's the thing when it comes, it comes down to is, is you can't accept just one guy saying, well, it's the principle that he made me go through this, so this is why I want this amount of money. Because if you accept that, accept that, which you rightfully so, should accept what Gennady Golovkin is saying, then you need to accept what Canelo is saying as well. It can't just go one way. It's got to go both ways. 
that's how I, I kind of, you know, judge things, you know, is, uh, well, if I'm going to give you this, I got to accept this too. That's the way the well, world works. Negotiation tables don't actually work with words like principle. Unfortunately, we've always said, you know, there's no such thing as deserve in boxing. There's what you can negotiate. And it sounds to me like there was no clause in their previous contract. They had, you know, uh, other clauses. They've worked out other parts of the deal. But nobody thought that, hey, in case somebody tests positive and this screws me up, you know, uh, well, that, we are that next era. time around we're going to have to renegotiate the split or there's got to be a financial penalty. And, and that's not Canelo's fault that that's not in the contract. You know, unless it was asked for but and denied, not, but it doesn't sound like it was. Fault I mean, look, I, it's not I, to me too. It's not a genetic well, offense. I mean, we're kind of in a new era though of, of PEDs. Though, think about it. I mean, it's been eight years right that now, we've been in this. I know eight, eight years, but you know, I, 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 what I've noticed with boxing fans and boxing boxing business people in general, they're kind of slow to catch up to what's really going on. You know, it, it seems that well, yeah, and when it comes to drug still, testing, they won't do right. it unless they have. They have to. And now that this kind of happened, you know, it might have shined a bit of a light for for every manager, manager and promoter to now kind of foresee something like this and put it down on paper in the future. Yeah, I, I, so this could have been a good thing for them. No, Yeah, I mean, I, I think every one of these cases is a good thing, to be honest, because it's a learning experience. If you're willing to right. not be, like, so partisan and, like, Canelo's a cheat and, you know, guys with the memes and, and just, you know, uh, with their declarations that are just so cocksure when really if you're going by the facts of this, if you want to be a media person or a reporter, a journalist, uh, you've got to go by the rules of what you're trying to do, right? And you can't – there's what you know and there's what you can prove. And there's also what you don't know. Uh, and, you know, you can't just – like what you feel, what you opine. That's all bullshit, uh, you know, it, it really doesn't help anything. And, but, you know, the thing you brought up, like, it's not Triple G's fault. They didn't think of that. But, you know, we've been in this moment since 2010. Guys are testing positive. Hmm. Really, going yeah. back to, you know, uh, Fernando Vargas, actually, against De La Hoya. That's, a, the, you know, the first high-profile boxing match, right, where a guy pops positive afterwards. From that moment on, I mean, this is, a, this is not – it's not like there aren't lawyers running boxing. Uh, there's a ton of lawyers. A lot of them are promoters. A lot of them went to like Harvard Law School. Uh, why haven't they figured this shit out? You know, um, I don't know if Tom's a lawyer. I, I forgot to ask him that last time because it seems like everybody else is a lawyer and everybody's lawyer is Leon Margolis uh, or Pat English. Uh, there's like, you know, there's kind of this small community of this and they, they haven't thought about right. this yet. But, you know, so what is, if Triple G is actually now getting the fight and really he chose this path with Canelo, right? He's a guy that wants all the belts knew that he's probably going to have to defend them mandatory wise uh, at some point, but he goes chasing after the money fight. Remember they wanted, the statement was, we don't care about fighting Canelo. We want his WBC belt. And then when Canelo was like, I don't want to listen to this deadline. I want to do the fight on my terms and, and dump the belt. They got the belt, but then they still were like, we want Canelo. And now they're complaining that, that, that Canelo, because of this positive, has messed up their timeline. But really, they've messed up their own timeline, haven't they? They've decided to pursue the guy without a belt. He's just the lineal champion and the cash cow. They could have gone on this whole other path. What about fighting Charlo? What about fighting Murata as he's moved into place? Taking care of Derevinchenko. 
You know, Daniel Jacobs, that rematch, that fight was closer. I thought Triple G lost that fight. No interest in that rematch. Did decent numbers, not, you know, not Canelo numbers. Uh, but I'm so, curious. This is what I'm curious about is that they moved on. They moved forward with the May 5th date. But this is my question. This would be my question. You move forward to the, to the May 5th date. So were you aware that you wanted 50-50? And if you were, why wasn't that brought out originally before moving on to the May 5th date? Because the May 5th date was really to secure the September fight. You wanted something that was not going to put your, your fighter under fire or the fighter himself under fire with, right? To kind of preserve himself that it wasn't going to be much of a high risk. It was just going to keep him a, it's a you know, keep busy type of fight. So what happened from that day and that date and after? Like what, what changed? What changed their mind that what changed Gennady Golovkin's mind that I want 50-50 now? Well, and also, that, that's a great question. And, and you know, like I said, I, I don't have a dog on this hunt. And I'm, I'm you know, if, as a pure fight fan, I'm a, a way more of a Triple G fan than I am a Canelo fan. I'll watch him fight. If you gave me a choice, you know, you get to watch this guy versus anybody and this guy versus anybody. I'm going to pick Golovkin because I like knockout punchers, um, you know, and I like middleweights. Uh, then he's just like a natural kind of classic. I, I don't think the career is quite, you know, uh, what people think it is. But, you know, uh, still, I like the style. But uh, this 50-50 idea, this is what I wonder about. All the things that Golovkin has said, and, and they're understandable. He's thinking, you know, this guy's been cheating and things, you know, they, then they bring up the hand wraps, which is like the first time they brought it up. I, I don't understand why it took that long to bring it up. Um, but if they if they were worried about, damaging a future promotion, then maybe they shouldn't have called Canelo the biggest problem in boxing. And, you know, Mm. that he's clearly, we think he's been cheating all along. Like they've like damaged Canelo's brand by saying these things, instead of looking at the history of clambuterol and educating themselves on that and going, okay, there's a dark side to it, but there's also this, this other side to it, heavily documented of all these top level athletes testing positive and, and proving that it was contamination or having, you know, being exonerated essentially. There's that yeah, history be, as be well. Fair, like, be fair, though. I mean, if, if this is the biggest fight for you right now, the biggest but, but money just again, to, just, 30, just to 30 mil, though. Right. Go ahead. I'm just saying, ahead, just to button it up. But you're going to trash him, but then you want to ask more money from him. I, I, I mean, I don't know. You're kind of, you know, I know cutting I, off your I, nose I to spite your face. Right. You know what I mean? Right. No, no. I, I, I hear what you're saying. But what I'm saying is that I think – emotions you know the fans are very emotional i think if anybody has the right to be emotional is gennady golovkin his team there's a lot of money in stake they they lost that why because they felt they at that time when you know when it was announced about canelo being test uh testing positive for uh uh for clan i think they went off the hinges without knowing anything but you know rather than taking a step back and saying hey let's first play it out let's see what happens but they're like everybody else. They're they they they're they're like everybody else in the world. You know they they you know take each foot and put it in through uh, each each pant each pant leg, right? So I just think that they went off emotions and, and now it's kind of backfired on them. You know and and who? Let me ask. Yeah. You, why why couldn't they make that mistake and be emotional and say something that was out of left field at that moment? I'm not saying they couldn't. I'm just saying. You know, if the sport is about 
one about negotiating the best deal for yourself. Like outside, it's kind of a, you know, a poker game. But inside the ring, it's all about controlling your emotions. They didn't do that this time. For better or for worse, right or wrong, that's what happened. Um, and so now they're kind of turning around and making more demands of him. And we want more money. And it's only, it's only the honorable thing to do. When they're not really, they're kind of ignoring the facts of the case and what this guy's done. They're basically just treating him like a flat-out cheater. And I can understand, you know, you're the B side, but also those things, you know, I mean, you can't, they can't get past. Even use that. They they can't even use that um, on the negotiation table. Unfortunately, that's not something that you can bring to the table by saying, well, you know, you you know, you you tested twice, and but. But then you got cleared after because you did the hair sample. You did everything that we asked, you know, but this is why we want 50-50. That to me is not realistic. You, that's not something you could really bring to the table. I mean, they've and lost time, you know, they and they've also got this. Oh, go they've ahead, go lost ahead. time. They've lost a lot of time. But, but at the same time, they've, they made up with that time by taking a, a Matarosian. But They made a million dollars for fighting a guy who hadn't fought in two years and had never years. fought at that weight. Right. And, 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 and at the same time, say, I respect boxing. Respect boxing. Like, to, to me, that's just bullshit. I, I got to be honest. As an HBO subscriber, I, mean, I don't pay for that garbage. I'm not here. It's not a, like Steve would call it, you know, a welfare, welfare program or the, uh, the HBO annuity. You didn't have to fight on May 5th. You needed that date. You want that date. You've been, you know, uh, cultivating the Mexican audience. Uh, some might say appropriating it, although, you know, Abel Sanchez is a Mexican-American uh, and, and he talks about, you know, uh, uh, training in the Mexican style. So that's his fighter is just repeating that. Uh, get it. And it's good marketing. It's a it's a, you know, a rabid fan base and his style fits with them. But I just that we're trying to bathe that fight in some sort of glory, not you and I, but people uh, it's just kind of ridiculous, don't you think? That, oh, that this was like for the good of boxing fans. He took a million dollars to uh, fight a guy that hadn't fought in two years and had never fought in that weight, who had three weeks to get ready. Really? That's for the good of boxing. I thought it was a horrible mismatch myself. Uh, and kind of yeah, uh, in many you, ways, yeah. everything that's wrong with boxing. Uh, but that's just me. And I, happy that Vaughn has got some money, but you know, uh, like Steve said, also says that you know when you start to retire and get the end of your career, they don't give you a gold watch; they give you beatings. Watches, and, right. Yeah, that was uh, that was Vonis's. I um, I don't know. You know, I'm just I'm not here going. You know, damn it, Triple G, you got to take 35 and and be quiet because you're the small draw. They've built something, and when he comes to the party, he does big numbers with a bigger name like Kel Brook. Uh, but you know, it, it wasn't just Triple G that made that event happen. That was Kel Brook taking a huge risk. Triple G was risking nothing in that, in my opinion, by facing a smaller man moving up two weight classes to take him on. Um, it's funny how those things kind of keep going in his favor, but he's kind of crying about being treated like a B-side this time around. Um, I just think, you know, they need to put a number on what they lost. If they lose that IBF belt, uh, I can understand wanting 50-50 to try to make up for that because it's going to be a hard road to get all the belts. But again, he chose to go after the biggest cash cow before getting all those well, he belts. Well, did, he did ask he put for that an risk on himself. When he went in with the, with the IBF in that um, conference meeting, um, he did ask for an extension, right? Right. Instead of fighting against... mandatory. You know, the belts right. matter, but the mandatories don't. I don't understand. You know? My, you know, my, my thing is this, is that when I'm sitting back and I'm looking and he's saying I'm not being treated, you know, I, I'm still being treated like the B-side here and, you know, I should get my 50-50. 
I get a sense, and I could be wrong about this, but I get a sense that because because he's been chasing down Canelo, and because it's been a thorn in his foot, let's be honest, there's been you know yeah. uh, obstacles this guy's had to jump. You know, he he's, he has kind of had a you know bow down what Canelo you know wants and when he's going to take it, and he let the belt go. He basically told Triple G, "You're not going to bully me into fighting you. I'm going to fight you when I feel like fighting you." That you know, it's that thing, it's that it's that analogy of like you've been chasing the, the hottest chick forever. You know, you've been wanting a banger forever, man, and then you finally did, and and and. She still wants to continue to play these games, but you know there's feelings there, so now you're going to play those little games with her too to kind of let her know, like, hey, I already got it, so you're not that important anymore. I get the sense that Gennady Golovkin is kind of doing that. It's like realistically he knows it's not going to get 50-50, but I'm going to make you suffer for a bit. I'm going to make you think that we're not going to fight unless we get this. Because realistically, I think they know, and I think everybody else knows, and even the diehard Triple G uh, protectors know that this is a 60-40 fight. Realistically, if the fight, if a rematch wants to go down, it's going to go 60-40. Would he, should he push for like 45-55? Uh, um, Absolutely. Anytime you go in a negotiation, anytime you bid out for something, you bid high, you ask for a high, so then you so that it gets negotiated back down to what you really knew that was realistic, the realistic number. I just get a sense that he's doing a little bit of what Canelo did, which is shake it up a little bit to get something a little bit more. I could see that happening. And I could also see Canelo in them saying, we're going to call their bluff. We're going to say we're going to go fight Big Saunders, we're going to fight these guys, when really what I've been told there's been an offer. The fight's not completely dead. I, I, I would be surprised if it didn't get made, to, to be honest. But, uh, you know, it, what you said makes me think of, of uh, I've been thinking this for a while, just watching Triple G kind of veer off his mission, which was all the belts. And as soon as they started or continue to talk about Canelo after they got his belt, I was like, oh, man, he's not going to get all the belts because, you know, it's hard to keep him with the mandatories, you know, and these guys will only take, you know, the IBF doesn't even allow step aside money. So you've got that problem right there, uh, you know, but the further like I watched this in, with Sergio when he knocked out Paul Williams, all of a sudden he's going, uh, I des- I'm the best pound for pound and I or his trainer was saying this and I deserve to fight Mayweather. And, and Pacquiao, and he started chasing those fights in a sense, and kind of languished there, uh, kind of got off, and then and then he lost his belt, and his and it became less about chasing the big fights, and it became about chasing that WBC belt again with Chavez Jr. and he was stuck with a guy that didn't do all the work the way he did. I didn't even think Chavez Jr. won the civic fight to to take that belt. Um, but here was, you know, kind of a silver spoon kid like like Canelo in a sense. Canelo's not a silver spooner. Um, but, the, you know, Martinez got off mission and it became about chasing that guy. And the rest of his career was kind of wasted. And then he hurts his knee in that fight. And it's the same, even though he beats Chavez Jr. Triple G is doing the same thing, chasing the money instead of finishing his mission and then getting Canelo at the end for all the marbles. And, and, and I think he's going to 
lose out on the mission because of it. I tell you what's interesting is that if this fight doesn't happen, who's going to co- cock block who in uh, facing um, certain opponents? Because, you know, fans have been wanting to see B.J. Saunders to go at, go at it. But you have Golden Boy saying, hey, yeah. BJ's a strong uh, candidate for Canelo. And, you know, same thing with the, uh, well, Triple G and them haven't really showed interest of a rematch with, uh, with uh, Danny Jacobs. But here's Canelo saying, hey, we're willing, we, you know, we just, we talked to Eddie Hearn. You know, so I'm really interested of what, who goes where, because let's, let me ask you this. If you're if you're if you're Charlo, BT Saunders, Andrade, uh, Jacobs, Dermotchenko, any of these guys, who would you rather fight, Triple G or Canelo? Canelo, a hot minute. I mean, hot, you mi- know. hot minute, right? Hot He's minute. the money guy. And, that's that right. and he's not so as dangerous. You want to talk about a side? That's it right there. That's what kind of tells you who brings the money. Who brings the money? I mean, I'm not going to say that Triple G is not bringing something, but when it when it's a big piece of pie, he's bringing the whole pie. And and hey, if Triple G doesn't go that route and he stands his ground, more power to you. Because, you know, you're standing behind the word you're saying. Um, I think it's a tactic. It's a great tactic to kind of show the other guy that you matter, that it's not all about you. But I could shake your ass up a bit, too. But when it's everything said and done, interesting part is, could, could Danilo and Golden Boy roadblock you of fighting certain fighters because they jump in right away and say, hey, we'll make, a, we'll make an offer. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, Charlo says he's ready. Demetrius Andrade always wants to fight somebody. Uh, I don't think they go after that fight. I mean, that's just a terrible matchup for Canelo. It's, you know, Triple G didn't exactly, you know, jump at that chance either. Uh, nobody really wants that guy. And he doesn't, you know, he's, he's spun his promotional wheels uh, in, in multiple directions many times. And he's, he hasn't built anything. So who's going to fight him unless they have to? I mean, he's the number one to Billy Joe Saunders. Um, you know, I mean, the thing is, is that they're all attractive fights that, you know, Golovkin's got on the table, you know, that, that are all, all on deck. Ryota uh, uh, Murata, at the, the, who also holds the WBA belt for some inexplicable WBA reason. Uh, he's, he's the mandatory there. Uh, Sergei Derevichenko for the IBF. Uh, Jamal Charlo also has and a version of the WBC you think, belt. You think Triple G is going to be the A side against uh, Murata? I don't think so. I, I think it's going to be all up to them, and it's going to have to be in Japan, which Tom and them say, they, 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 hey, they don't have a problem going out there. They will do it. But I think Mr. Honda knows what, exactly what he has. I don't even think he'd make that fight right away. But I, I think, if anything, negotiating is going to be in the favor of them. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it all depends on, you know, the TV money and all that, I guess, who brings more. The guy does great ratings over there, though, so... You that's know, what I'm saying. Um, he does he great sells a shit ton of tickets. Yeah, mm-hmm. so uh, that's you know, Triple G is the guy that that is, you know, he's becoming the man at that weight. He's not the lineal guy, but he's doing the other thing, which is legacy and holding the title. You know, defending it over and over again. 
uh, matching the record, um, the knockout streak, all that stuff adds up to being the man. Unfortunately, it doesn't, for some reason, add up to being the cash cow. That's that's an inexplicable thing. You know? It doesn't. For some reason, with this guy, it, it, it's, just, it's not working out in his favor in that. You know, the only ones that would work out in his favor is like, again, going back with Danny Jacobs. I would even say Charlo because they didn't build him correctly, <laughs> you know. Um, but when it comes to guys with countries behind them, it, it, the numbers don't add up in his favor at all. I mean, he's you know, the favorite to granted, win. he's the favorite to he's, win, but he's like a, he's like a, a Martinez in that sense that he came to it late or came to uh, the States late and, and got a pr- good promoter late. You know, he was, he was shelved before behind Felix Sturm. And so it, it's taken time and he's done it the hard way. And you can really see a change in the style. If you go back and watch younger fights, uh, or at least the energy level, he's starting to be more flat footed and, and take his time a little bit more. I mean, not with Bonus, but, but, you know, uh, so we'll see, you know, um, I think the fight happens personally. I think it happens in September, but you know, it's also Canelo off for a full year. So there's some people that have thrown that out there that, that maybe they don't want to do this because, uh, you don't want to face triple G after a year layoff. What do you think about that? I don't blame them. I don't blame them. You know, I mean, you're going to fight the man. And you were in a tough fight in the first run, you know, run. So it'd be smart of them to say, you know what, uh, he got, you know, he, he had his tune-up fight. Can't we? Let's do ours. I don't like it because I want to see it already. Get this done and over with so these guys can move on and start facing other middleweights because there's a lot of other great middleweight fights out there to be made. There's a lot of guys out there ready to pick up, you know, uh, pick up the crown that could possibly take the crown from, from either one of these guys. Hey, you want to, uh, you want to start passing in some fight fans here? Maybe they want to weigh in. Maybe they can align us with something. Give us their opinion about this topic here between Canelo and triple G. Yeah. Is either of those, uh, two Oh nines, your backup? No, neither one. Okay. Uh, then two zero nine, you're live on the next round. No, <laughs> you're live on leaving in the ring. Wow. Like I said, uh, old habits die hard. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey Dave, how you doing? Hey Trini, is that you? Yeah, this is me. I'm how you doing, man? Pretty good, pretty good, man. And uh, I just enjoying the show with you guys. Well, finally got it a Monday again. again. So Monday's easier yeah, for you? It. Yeah, on Thursday. It's, uh, I totally free. I was used to Monday. I was used to and on Thursday. I, I because I have the app and I just downloaded on uh, iTunes. And at night, I just listen after after you guys are done. But uh, gotcha. I was used to Mondays, so I was now you guys play on Monday. That's why I'm on. So, yeah, I uh, yeah. It's easier. It's the theater day off is Mondays. Uh, so yeah. it's and but you know, but I I've been taking a class on Mondays. So like it's just been Dave's just always been so great about my schedule. Uh, we actually I think we were originally were Wednesdays, Dave, or Thursdays. 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 Yeah, it was yeah. Wednesday. Thursdays. Well, oh, it was yeah, originally Thursday, yeah, Wednesday, and, then, and then we went Wednesdays. Yeah, yeah. Then we did yeah, Wednesdays. Yeah. And now... Somebody went out. You guys have another guy on Wednesday or Thursday, I believe. Uh, what's his name? Um, that he was something involved in boxing. Now he's 
Is he doing podcasts too with you guys? Oh, you're talking about uh, Evan uh, Rutkowski, the uh, Fistianato. Yeah, yeah. I, li- I listen. I listen to all, whatever you guys put on. I listen to it. You know, I just, I just enjoy it. Sweet. So, yeah, uh, man. Yeah. I really so like Evan's show. And, uh, let me ask you, what do you think? think? What do you think uh, about this whole fifty-fifty thing? What do you, what's your take, man? I, I'll be honest with you. I'm gonna be straight honest. I, I really do not care about it because <laughs> I'm a, if it's a triple G and Canelo, I definitely buy it, buy it right. because I did last time. I I bought it, supported the fight. But if if Canelo fights anybody else, I still watch it, but I won't pay for it if it's pay per view by streaming and uh. Same with uh, Triple G. But the people, and I tell everybody on Twitter, because Twitter, oh, if you don't buy Triple G, who, who's going to buy it? Well, I'm going to tell you who's going to buy it. And Oscar <laughs> De La Hoya knows who's going to buy it. So yep. those Mexicans, the ones, it's not the Mexican like us that we speak English and Spanish. No, the real right. Mexican paisas, right. the paisas that don't know how to yep. speak English. Those are the people, that, they don't follow boxing. They don't, they're, they're not on Twitter. They're not on podcast no. or nothing. The only thing they care as soon as they start promoting Canelo, Canelo's going to fight. They don't care who the point is going to be. They're just going to order it, have twin carne asada, beer, and enjoy the fight. Yep. That's all. And, I'm, and you know, I and, you and that's uh, how, yeah, that's how it is. Because they don't even ask you. They don't even yeah. ask you. That, you know, they were like, hey, so Canelo con quien? Quien es el otro? Oh, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, exactly. oh, no, no, that's it. That's all they care about. Yeah, you know? that's all they care they don't. They don't care about Canelo testing positive. They don't care about the steroids. None. They don't care about none of that bullshit. They get mad nope. when they uh, fight and rob with the judges. Then they get mad. Oh, I'm buying yep. this shit again, you know. But they they or still fall again, you know. Because yeah. I know or I know a hundred to two hundred people like that. That mm-hmm. on May fifth and September sixteenth, a Mexican fight. They don't care about the pony. I don't know. Let's go back exactly. to. I'm gonna tell you. I'll give you a good example. A good example. Chavez against the Pink Panther. Nobody knew who the fucking Pink Panther was, and Chavez <laughs> fucking killed it. You know, yep. count every. I had 30 people at my house. We were back then. There was cable. We had those uh, the boxes. We had a the, bo- the black boxes. The cable. Yeah. yeah. No, we did. I still didn't have the black box. We had a. We ordered. It was only what 39.99 back then. A pay per view. Uh-huh. 40 bucks. I had like 50 people over my house. We didn't care about the pony. We didn't care about no records. We just wanted to see Chavez. And that's how it is with Canelo. Yep. And Oscar de la Hoya knows it. Oscar, Oscar don't give a damn about all these tweeters and all this. Oh, who I ain't going to buy. He don't care. He knows who's going to buy it. You know, the price is very small. It's bottom a, line. Yeah, because it's a very small community of guys on, on Twitter yeah. that are saying, you know, Exactly. Not a, it's not even a fraction. Exactly. You know? yeah, and, yeah, and I laugh at all those people that, you know, I'm a big Triple G fan. I, I was I was supporting Triple G against Canelo. Um, right. I like Canelo. I don't hate the guy. And he, to hate somebody, they need to do something bad to me personally to, for me to hate. Right. But if I don't like a fighter, I just don't, I won't follow him. I won't watch a fight. That's all. But I don't hate no, I don't hate no fighters, you know, it's, but right. I, I, I watch Canelo and everything, and any fighter that I like, I watch him, and that's it. But uh, all these people just, you know, the, it's so ridiculous now with all this hate. Oh, and I just laugh at them because they don't know that prices are gonna work out. If they if they charge a hundred, they'll fork it out. They don't care. Oh, as long yeah. as they're gonna have forty, fifty people over with beer and carne asada, and everybody pitches in. 
You know, everybody comes over with a, a beer. As long as they beer, man, they, hey, what do I take? Oh, bring a 12-pack, bring a 24-pack. That's all they want, you know, beer. And next, uh, September 16th, it's Independence Day, so they want to celebrate, you know? Oh, yeah. And, uh, That's it. And I'm going to tell, and, I, and it's like I tell everybody, the only way you're going to piss off a Mexican, a, a Mexican, you can, le puede mentar su madre, I don't know if you can understand me, uh, and they'll take that shit, piss off a Mexican, uh, disrespect Mexico or the flag, and then it's fine, yep. you know? But if you want to make money <laughs> off Mexicans, if you want to make money off Mexicans, salute yep. Mexican flag or the, like the May 5th, that's a bullshit holiday. In Mexico, they don't even acknowledge that day. They don't acknowledge they, it. They'll yeah. say, oh, yeah. No, they don't acknowledge it. They don't celebrate nothing in Mexico. But right. here, there is, oh, man, Mexican flags everywhere flying. You know, or Mexicans. Chicanos. But they don't or even Chicanos know. Chicanos over what. here. Exactly. Yeah. It, exactly. Chicanos that celebrate. And, uh, but, you know, for the Mexicanos uh, that live over here, the guys that live over they'll celebrate it. You know? Oh, they'll celebrate. They'll celebrate, yeah. but September 16th, they, they no, know that's, that's the Independence Day. Yep. That, that's, that's the day they, they'll yep. and that, and that, oh, Oscar knows it. And that's why he, he don't care about all this other bullshit. He knows, he knows where he's going to get the money. He'll do, exactly. he might not do a million buys, but he'll, he'll be around six, seven, eight hundred thousand buys. And that's, they're making money still, you know? So, yeah. Even the, with the Liam Smith fight did what, like 300? Yeah. It didn't do a lot, yeah. but I mean, but that's yeah. still, you know, no, it'll but, still make good but money. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why he didn't do a lot back then, because he was they were barely bringing him up. He wasn't he was good, but he wasn't like not everybody was fully supporting him. Not after that triple G. You talk to any Pisa that they don't know shit about boxing, but Canelo won. They don't care. Oh, they robbed Canelo. They oh, robbed shit. Canelo. Yeah, I swear to God, all the people I talk to, that, yeah, <laughs> even if he didn't win it, they say, oh, Canelo got robbed. Canelo won that fight. Oh, that's bullshit. You know, and they wanted to see their rematch. You know, if it's not Triple D, whoever they put in front of Canelo, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna buy it no matter what. Especially in September 16th, be a, it's a good, it's gonna be, they, they make good money off of it. And and that's why I laugh at Twitter because all these guys, oh, you know, I ain't run buying blah blah blah. Oh, you, you guys don't know. And I told him yesterday I tweeted that one guy. I say, hey, go to a real Mexican that don't speak English and ask him if you'll watch that fight, and he'll talk. Yes. You know, because everybody yeah, knows. Then, and, then, and then ask him about Triple G. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They don't. They don't know who Triple G are. The 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 because they're not hardcore like us. They're they're, they're no. not into the boxing news. They're not into podcasts. Nah, nah, they don't care about that. They care about their soap operas every day. They 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 be glue at the TV in novelas every single. That's what they care about. You know? Yeah, they do. But man. when there's a fight, <laughs> you know, when they when there's a fight, and then they they're gonna start promoting me. Oh man, everybody! Oh yeah, Canelo, Canelo, let's go, Canelo, Canelo! You know, everybody, their Mexican uh, jerseys, the 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 soccer jerseys on, their flags and everything. Canelo, Canelo, who's he fighting? Ah, who knows? Who cares? Let's just watch Canelo win. That's all they know. They want, you know. And if Canelo wins, oh, this be a big celebration. You know, <laughs> so, so yeah. yeah, I will, brother. You know, but but on the fifty-fifty about Triple D and all their split. Honestly, they should even 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 be tweeting all that shit out. They should just let it, you know, figure it out behind closed doors. If the fight doesn't happen, it's like I tell somebody, I ain't gonna lose any sleep if a fight ain't made. 
If it's made, I'll watch it. If not, hey, I'll move on to the next fight that's available that's going to be on, and that's it, you know? But all these people just going at it, like, if it was their money, they were going to get a cut out of it. And, you know, but I speaking just about, get the last out of it. Speaking about novellas, this is this has all become a, like a novella. Have you noticed that? The whole yeah. social media for boxing, yeah. is, it's a novella. You know, there's it's always so something. That's all it is. Yep. Yep. Yeah, Big exactly. Time. You know? And and and, and Bison, I tell you right now, like my parents, my my dad, and mom, every day from from five o'clock, they don't go to sleep after the last novella's done at eleven o'clock at night. They have to watch every <laughs> single one of them. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> you know, it's true, man. And my, That's my parents. And my dad, yep. my my dad, uh, as soon as Canelo, they start coming. Oh, Canelo's gonna fight. Or like back then, Chavez. Okay, you gonna order it? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Let's call your cousin. Let's call this and that. You know, we would throw a big carnet out and whatever. You know, so that's what I'm telling you. As soon as they start hearing that, they'll order that fight. Yep. And there you go. Everybody, so. Orale, that's West, that's not the real Thank people you. that are going to buy it. All right, guys. Exactly. Thank you very much. That's All right, great. Thanks, 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 man. <laughs> that's really good stuff. No, thank you, guys. All right. Yeah. It, it's because it's true, man. You know, I'm, you know like I told <laughs> you, I'm a, I'm a blue-collar guy. You know, I, I work out. Out in the field, I talk to hundreds of guys that are out there. A lot of, you know, a lot of Mexicanos, a lot of, a lot of Paisas are out there. And uh, they know that. I do a podcast. They know I love talking boxing. They'll come up to me and, hey, Javi, you know, what do you think? And, and a lot of times, like I said, when it goes back to Cinco de Mayo, they, they didn't, you know, they were just like, so the fight's off, it's done? And I'm like, no, you know, oh, well, who's he going to fight? And I said it, and, well, I'm going to watch it because it's Cinco de Mayo, you know, and everybody's going to be partying. Could be barbecuing. So there's your established fan base. And that's what I mean by having a country behind you. It's it's the truth of the matter. That's the negotiation power. That is the number one negotiating uh, power he has right there. They're going to present. They're going to say, hey, probably. Yeah, they bring a whole country. You know, hey, okay, you bring uh, Southern California, but we bring Mexico. <laughs> yeah, Dude, it's just it's just not gonna work, man. Hey, you want to patch in the other two hundred nine number there? The uh, six seven zero. Let's see, just patch it with that. Uh, great stuff. Two zero nine. You're live on. Leave it in the rain. Hey guys, how you doing? Hey, what's Good, up, brother? Is this hey, um, uh, my name is Troy from Stockton. How you doing? Oh, my bad. Uh, hey, Troy, how you doing? Hey man, uh, did this split? You know, I'm a little confused. You know, uh, depending on if the, you know, assuming if the pay per view is gonna be a hundred dollars, so do I send sixty dollars to Canelo and forty to Triple G, or do I be fair and fifty dollars to each one? I think you pick a charity I mean, of, of of their choice. I mean, how, how does that affect me and the fans? I mean, why isn't anybody arguing? Hey, why don't you just lower the cost of the pay per view? You know. I, I, you know why? I don't know. You know why, though, man? <laughs> you know why? It's, 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 it's kind of like, and I've said this a long time ago when social media really started coming around on our podcast, okay? I used to say that, you know, promoters and matchmakers, they, they really watch what the fans are saying, and they try to leverage that. So a lot of stuff is in in certain ways to favor there's certain certain fighters. So this is what they're getting. Here's the feedback. 
But like I said, to me, this this is a very small fraction of people. And Golden Boy, like the last caller with Trini, like he said, Golden Boy knows what they have. They have a guy that has a whole country behind them. So all this other stuff, you know, who who deserves the 50-50? Just like you, just like me, I think the rest of us, we don't care because we, we're not going to yeah. see it. You know, I just want to uh, see the fight. Are you going to fight? If you're not going to fight, then, hey, man, let's move on. Let's find another guy that's going to step in the ring that's going to make a good fight. I wonder so, if we – uh, Check this out. Like, let's say, you know, I'll use me as an example. Uh, Canelo, if he's reinstated tomorrow and if he's going to fight tomorrow on pay-per-view, I would buy his pay-per-view, no questions asked. I mean, if my remote control will let me order that, that fight right now, I'd press it like 100 times. Um, <clears throat> Triple G, on the other hand, I mean, he's a good fighter. He steamrolls everybody. So it's got to be a good matchup. It's got to be somebody who's going to give him a run for his money. Other than that, I mean, Triple G fights free on HBO versus Canelo. If I want to watch him, I have to pay for it. So, you know, with that being said, me personally, I mean, I think Canelo would be a bigger draw, you know, and 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 I'm sure a lot of people think that too. Um, but all these fans that that are really, how should I say, really uh, passionate <laughs> over how much of a sit. Well, it's <laughs> it's a weird thing because it's like, what are they trying to calculate? I mean, what is he I trying mean, to calculate the, the the trouble that he went to that that he you know he had to. I mean, I guess, you know, you, you have to factor in that if he didn't fight Canelo and he fought somebody else not on pay-per-view on that date, he would have made a few more million dollars at least. Yeah. You know, I think that's for, you know, he could, he could have done a pay-per-view and done another, like the Jacobs fight, 175,000 buys. Was that, you know, a viable plan? Is that the money that he's trying to recoup uh, and that he was stuck doing a million-dollar fight uh, when he was supposed to do a bigger fight? So, like, what is that worth? You know, what is that number that he that he could have had, that imaginary fight? I mean, you know, I understand why he's doing it. I, I, I sure. understand perfectly, you know, you know, who, who could blame him not to do it? Um, sure. But but one thing I, I want to ask, um, you, like, like me as a fan, I don't know too much about Zimbutarol, what is, what's it used for. I mean, I didn't even know how to pronounce it until I never got popped for it. Um, so, so what do fighters use that uh, – was it a, a weight loss diuretic? Uh, what, what did they use it for? It's like, a seasoning. Why did he get? <laughs> it's a what? <laughs> you put it on your It's a seasoning. It's like putting limon or salt on your meat, man. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that would explain that. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, how, how does that translate to a percentage of It's a. Uh, it, it it's used to um, it could be a like a like a decongestant you know um, opens up it has like you know vascular properties it, it raises the metabolism uh, which in turn burns fat uh, but it also like you know helps you uh, build like you know lean uh, muscle mass or like increase uh, increase uh, you know your protein levels uh, and and. You got like the craziest background noises. It's hilarious. Yeah, talking about there's like a siren. Um, and, and it's basically like, you know, bodybuilders use it at the end of a cycle. Like, you you know, you're cutting, uh, you're getting rid of the fat, but you're still, you know, able to build uh, muscle mass. 
but they also use it in cattle to basically do the same thing, like, you know, harvest them uh, at, a, at a faster rate, you know, harvest your cattle and, and they put it in pork uh, as well. Um, and you get a faster yield in a shorter amount of time. Um, and it's, you know, they use it in China, they use it in parts of you know, Mexico, not everyone uses it. Uh, it's banned, I guess, everywhere else. Um, I think Russia, the parts of there, the, the, it, it's used, um, and uh, it's where Lucas Brown popped. Uh, so it has benefits, like maybe at the end of your cycle uh, is what guys say that you use it. Um, you know, you're kind of like cutting cutting fat uh, or, or cutting weight, uh, but still you know maintaining strength, uh, still you know building muscle. Uh, but Canelo got hit for it, you know, within uh, what, a three day, four day period, twice. Uh, but not, you know, we don't know. Was it the end of his cycle? Did he go out to eat? Did somebody go buy tacos and, and bring them back? As <laughs> Roberto Diaz suggested happens quite often with him, you know. Uh, uh-huh. So who, who knows, you know, but uh, it does have benefits, but it also, you know, it, it's something that, that, that uh, has a, a big history of contamination cases. So... You know, okay. it is what it is. I mean, I'm sure you've read all the things, you know, like it, his yeah. levels still within contamination levels. And, and uh, uh, that's what the, the, the Dr. Eichner of the, the lab that did the test said. And then he does the hair test and they don't find anything. You know, it's. Yes, sir. Let me ask you, uh-huh. um, did you did you purchase the ESPN plus? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, the, the, you that, think? the app is pretty cool. Uh, it's pretty I cool. love it, right? Uh, uh, yeah. I, yeah, dude, dude, I like watching all the undercards of the fights. I mean, HBO doesn't offer that. Showtime doesn't offer that. Fox doesn't offer that. ESPN they offer that. I I I love it. And for five bucks, I don't even know that 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 is missing. I mean, I get, I'm I'm gonna get to watch all these fights, and for five bucks a month, I love it. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm it's, with it's you, a pretty man. good I mean, deal. You get to watch uh, programs too. You know, like past fights that happened. Uh, I thought that was really good, but well, well, I saw no well, problem. Well, no. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, but but the thirty for the thirty for thirty. I mean, I mean, I you know I already have that on my you know through my cable provider uh, to the on demand. But it, you know, to be honest, the only reason why I got it was for the boxing, and right. and so far it's so far it's proven its worth. Um, it has. The the uh, the zone. I don't know about that yet. Uh, I gotta see what they have. You know, because you know, honestly, what I'm getting from ESPN, that's taking care of my uh, my, my boxing fix. ESPN and Showtime. You know. Yeah, that's yeah. that's true. I mean, that's they really are handling their business, both of them. You know, exactly. uh, but HBO is like, you know, oh, none of this, forget it. You know, and I'm not really you know into their shows, so you know, the, the, uh, they, they they offer boxing what once every three months now. I mean, yeah. I, I don't need I don't need I do a subscription like for that. I, take that back. You know, yeah. I don't need a subscription for that. I I, I no. stream the fight. <laughs> you know, and save me nineteen twenty bucks <laughs> or whatever whatever they charge. Yeah, and there's so many movie <laughs> platforms. Like I just learned long ago with you know with with cable stuff. You know, I, I tried to go all a cart, but like HBO doesn't doesn't have anything I want right now. So I'm I don't have uh-huh. HBO right now. You know, and just dump it. Uh, until I need see, it, you know. Yeah, see, see, the reason why we still have cable is because it makes the internet so much cheaper. You know, they, you know, if not, you know, my my internet charge would be, 
80, 90 bucks for an extra 20 bucks, we get all these other channels. Um, See, mine's but, really cheap because I got the code to my neighbor's uh, internet. Dude, I got neighborhood kids camped out of my driveway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every every week I got to change the password. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. I'll, I'll let you go, man. Change it again. All right, brother. Thank you. Yeah. All, right, all right. Have a good day. All right. Oh, that's great. I'm, I'm, I, I gotta say, I'm completely satisfied with ESPN uh, Plus because, you know, when one of the family members want to watch something, we're not fighting for the TV, even though we have more than one TV and stuff. But, you know, my kids jump on everything. The Xbox is on every TV, so it's really hard sometimes. And I gotta, you know, hey, get out of here so I can watch the fights. But here, uh, I can watch it in my own privacy, not worry about anything, put my headset on, man, and I'm, I'm good. You know, I'm good. I don't wake anybody up, especially when I had to get up to uh, to watch the Friday uh, um, early bird morning fights, and uh, I'm enjoying it. And you know, all the uh, aficionados, um, Evan made a great point that the future is these OTT um, platforms because, like my kids. They don't watch HBO. They don't watch Showtime. I'm the only one that has, you know, still gets on Showtime. I still have, um, I have the Showtime Showtime app. I don't have the cable, but the Showtime app, and I have the ESPN Plus. So, them, I I even asked them, like, do you guys ever watch HBO or Showtime? They're like, no. They stream stuff, and they they have such shows that only come on YouTube Red, I believe that's what it's called, or what? What's what's the other one, uh, Gabriel? The Twitch, is that what it's called? Yeah. Twitch or something? Yeah, Twitch. That, they, they, yeah, they watch a lot of that. So Evan's right that in another ten years or so, these younger generation, new generation, they're not going to even know what HBO. They're they're going to be like, what is that? What what's HBO? What's Showtime? That's the right. future we're heading to. Yeah, the YouTube generation. These kids are just, don't know any other way. You're right. I mean, we've said this, I think, for, for years on this show, that, that this is where things were going. And, yeah. and uh, I've talked about the a la carte idea uh, in terms of you know b- buying fights. I think it's going to get to that at some point. HBO. God, we or, talked about this be- eight years ago. Do you remember that? Eight years ago. And we, and we even used to talk to promoters about that. I remember I used to tell them podcasting is the way of the future. And they used to laugh at me. You know, I Dude, say, I mean, remember uh, we did Fighter versus Writer. And we fought against Ishe Smith on mm-hmm. gaming, Justin TV, and then pull, pulling in uh, picture in picture of uh, Skype before Twitch was a thing. That Justin TV ended right. up pivoting. That guy is who started Twitch. That's what he he didn't you know they, they didn't know what else to do with Justin TV, and they they moved that way. Uh, and then it got bought for like a billion dollars by Amazon. Uh, and you remember, you remember this? Online. Do you remember when we went, when we went to Oxnard and we were going to stream the fights? Um, it was just going to be amateur fights, though, and we were going to stream it and try to commentate over it. And we, we tried to convince uh, Golden Boy at one time. Remember, uh, that was in Fairfield, I believe it was. I don't even remember that one yeah. was that. And um, they still didn't want to do it. Like nobody wanted to get near the internet streaming, streaming yeah. at all because they didn't understand it. And now look, look how things are going. And uh, kudos to Golden Boy, though, man, because they, they're kind of the ones 
that really started kind of jumping off, jumping on that platform when they started doing the, um, the um, what's it, uh, 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 Golden God, Boy Live? Nokia. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. They yeah, no, they, they, that's true. They started doing it online way back then. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Fight Night Club. Fight Night Club. There you go. That's what I was looking at. Um, yeah, let's yeah. Let's another fight fan really quick here. Uh, Want to patch in, uh, let's see. 510. You're live on Leave It in the Ring. Hello, Gabe. Can you hear me? I can. Cool, yeah. Hey, this is Russ Pettit, uh, RQ33. Hey, what's up, man? Not much. Got the night off. Not no gigs on Monday night, and uh, my students had the day off, so I didn't have to give any guitar lessons. So. Oh, nice. So, what kind of guitar yeah. do you teach? Um, um, a lot of different styles. Um, I used to study with Joe Satriani in the late 80s. No so I cut my teeth doing all that stuff, the, the shred stuff, and then I moved into jazz and funk, and my new solo CD out, it's all like World Fusion stuff. So it's all like, you guys from, you might not know the record Friday Night in San Francisco came out in the early 80s with Al Dimiolo, Paco De La Cia, and uh, John McLaughlin. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and, I do. My brother Danny, uh, he's like a jazz player. Like, so like, yeah. So it's like <laughs> I got hit with a lot of that stuff, like Paco and, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or Jocko Pastorius, rather. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love you. Yeah. So that's what I do. But uh, this whole Triple G Canelo thing, it's, it's crazy, the, the way the fans, some of the fans. I just I just deleted. I just left all the boxing pages. I'm just kind of tired of they just want to <laughs> argue. They want to argue over every every little silly thing. Yeah. Yeah. Even I, you know, I love a good Twitter fight, man. And I, I just got tired <laughs> of it. it like, look. Because it's also like, <laughs> no matter how you like weigh in, people assume, well, you've got to love. I've had people unfollow me that have followed me for a long time, just like mm-hmm. I noticed it the last couple of days over how I've discussed Canelo and and how I viewed this whole case, and it's just right. weird. I mean, you know, you stay in the game long enough. I mean, I remember when I was like working for DoghouseBoxing.com, and like at the very beginning, and like when I first got to LA, I was writing about. Uh, Kermit Cintron and I was I'd write about Paul Williams and that they might fight a few, t- few different times before they actually did and I'd always get accused of being a nut hugger for one or the other guy or a shill for you know Paul Williams or you know whatever and it's like people are people are a trip man yeah it, it's a little bit of fatigue but it's funny how people it's a lot, said this of, fatigue. It's a lot of fatigue people were going to say Canelo <laughs> Triple G wasn't going to be Mayweather Pacquiao and in its own way, it's kind of worse. You know, I don't know. Uh, hopefully, we get a rematch and a good fight. So, I hope so, too. I think that Triple G is just, it's, I think that just, it's still negotiation. It just seems like it to me that he's just, they're still negotiating. It just happens to be in the public eye. But uh, they're, uh, that I think that he feels like he should be getting more than 35% split. So he just said he wanted yeah, 50% I don't blame him. to kind of get the talk starting, you know? Yeah. I wonder, you know, back in the day, do you remember, you've been a boxing fan a long time, I imagine. Yeah. Uh, like I have. I don't remember Jim Hill or, you know, whoever was like the anchor, you know, breaking in on the nightly news to discuss how the negotiations for a certain fight were going. Unless somebody got like injured or like Sugar Ray Leonard retired. I don't remember this being part of the news cycle. No, they only no. bring up any numbers if it was like um, record breaking or you know the first time somebody got paid this amount because it was already set. That's the only time I would think of that I could remember uh, um, 
numbers were being brought up in podcasting. Other than that, it was never brought up about negotiations or what was going on behind the scenes. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's interesting because like for some reason Triple G just some of these people like you get guys out there now saying that Triple G doesn't have 20 defenses because uh it wasn't the WBA super title and you know yeah it's just it's just getting really crazy the YouTube guys man I don't just, just <laughs> the, the, <laughs> You know, that's like, so, so for me, I just think that they're just posturing on each other and, uh, and if they don't fight, there's plenty of fights out there for both guys. So I mean, in reality, so. Yeah, I'd like I to agree. See Triple G versus Charlo, man. Oh, oh that'd be a great fight. fight. That's the fight I want more yeah. than any other, really. Although uh, Derevichenko is going to be a tough but the the thing about like the Charlo fight is, I mean, he passes the eye test. He's just, you know, I I looked at his resume. He's never faced a puncher. Yeah, those Amon guys go a long time without facing punchers, man. Almost and as who a knows? Rule. So, I mean, <laughs> to go into your first puncher against a guy like Triple G who's got extremely heavy hands and a great chin. Uh, I know, and lots of endurance. They can fight three minutes around. He fades so, a little at the end, though. He's not quite used to twelve, but but Charlo's not exactly used to twelve either. Yeah, so, no. yeah. No, he he, con- he controls though. Even when he fades, he does control a lot of the momentum oh, yeah. that's going on with his jab. So he's really good at doing that. I give him that. Uh, that so that's the thing. That's the, that's the other thing that that I wanted to mention to you guys is that people seem to the one one skill I think Triple G really has that stands out to me is that he can take the jab away from his opponents. I've never seen anybody be successful with a jab against the guy. That's the one punch. It just seems like that he's able to nullify the other opponent's jab. And the one punch you need against a pressure fighter is a jab. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought Jacobs did pretty good with his jab. Uh, On the left side, though. More on the left side. When he fought conventional, he didn't seem to have as much. And I think it was the switching. Yeah, I thought. But I like it, it too. Been doing, uh, it might be the pressure. It might. You know what? It might be the pressure too. Because when you got a guy pressuring you every second of every minute of that round, your 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 arm starts starts to becoming like mud. You know, it becomes heavy. That that you can't use it as much. And that's one thing about Triple G. He's got a great chin too, and he comes forward. And he comes forward so much that it makes the other guys kind of just shut down a little bit where they feel they have to throw other mm-hmm. punches other than a jab, you know? Right. Well, thanks for the time, guys. I got to go. I got to go make dinner, so. You you, uh, you playing any shows in the city anytime soon? Um, No, I'm playing where? Black Oak Casino this weekend. Well, so I play with a band called Superbad where I put a wig on and polyester suits off, so. That's oh, the band that I make money with. Yeah, uh, we play up in, in North Beach at a place called Maggie McGarry's every other week. So we won't be there this weekend, but we're up there next weekend. Okay, so well, I open uh, a week after this next weekend. But, oh, I open June 14th, so if you're playing before then, well, i I'm, I got to catch you. Yeah, and then, then the other thing is is I'm, I'm doing my uh, my original thing at a place called Kathy Pinkhouse in Saratoga. It's a jazz club, kind of like Columbus and Santa Cruz or a smaller version of Yoshi's, 
And that'll be that on August is. 11th, Gabe. I'll inbox you in your uh, with the info. Please do, please so. do. I'm remiss in not seeing you, man. So, well, great. All thanks right, for man. calling in. I appreciate it. Yeah. Have a good evening. You too. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, Russ and I have been talking on Twitter for a long time. He's a you know local musician, uh, teacher. I didn't realize that too. That's that's pretty cool. Uh, but North Beach is like uh, you know the little Italy over here. So he I guess plays a <laughs> regular gig over there. That's like uh, I think more more funk kind of stuff or soul stuff, which is what I like. So got to check him out. We got some fights yeah. to, to 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 look back on. How about? Uh, Tug, I'll take care of this name and probably butcher it. Uh, Tug Nam uh, Bayar uh, over uh, Oscar Escondone. Uh, that was uh, that was an explosive performance, man. You, you, I hadn't seen it, and you're like, make sure you see this fight. Uh, what were your thoughts? I tell you what, um, Oscar's a tough kid. You know, uh, he's a rugged kid. He's not very polished. But what Guerrero's have been able to do with the guys, with the kid, is, is basically work with him on his aggression. He came out aggressive, but, man, that other kid stood his ground. He didn't get hurt. He was a flash knockdown. He got back up. Yeah, a little bit of a balance shot, you know. Right, right. And, but he can get – I mean, he has some leverage on that right hand. And um, there's guys that throw the right but they really don't follow through the right hand. And as a featherweight, being 5'8", the guy, I mean, he follows through every single time. The one thing that I saw that he needs work on, though, is uh, his inside fighting. But attitude, we all love our, our punchers to have a real mean streak about him. When he dropped Oscar, uh, he started waving him like, hey, get back up. Take this beating a little bit more because they scored it as a knockdown. Like, you're going to pay for the, for the ref making a mistake of calling it a, a legit knockdown. And um, I kind of felt bad for Oscar. Oscar I gave Oscar heart, though. He, he, he keep getting up, keep getting up. Um, didn't stop trying. Um, trying to land a big shot to turn it around, but it just never happened. Yeah, I mean <sighs> – he, you know, he woke up the beast, man. <laughs> That's what it looked like to me. Uh, uh, just uh, King Tug, you know. That the, once the balance shot happened, like he just came roaring out, and uh, I just love his accuracy. I, I love uh, great center of bal- uh, center of gravity. The way you know, he kind of bends at the waist, and then you know, and, and, and will slide back away from from uh, from you know out of range, and then and then explode forward. Nice one two. Uh, and just the killer instinct when he realized he had uh, Escondon going, he just you know kept at him, but also wanted to punish him a little bit. After that, like that second knockdown, he like used his glove like tell dude get up, and and I yeah. think you know Escondon um, got under his skin, and and the, I'd say the biggest mistake he made was getting up so fast each time. He never just like took a knee, gathered himself, like really you know got himself back and together. And that comes with a lot of right. That, that comes with inexperience and, and maturity that he still needs to grow. That's what was the big mistake there. I think Robert, I mean, I think uh, Ruben Guerrero should have, uh, uh, maybe that should have been some advice to him in his corner. Maybe it was mentioned, I don't know. But if you get dropped again, hey, it's, it's okay to do the eight count, you know, you know, or take your time or find something, you know, <laughs> to try to add some time to you to get some rest. Um, but never found it. Um, 
God, what's the kid's name? I mean, it's a that's a hard name. <laughs> uh, I call him King Tug because that's King that's Tug. Okay, uh, King uh, Tug but uh, called... Tug Nyambayar. Nyambayar. That's Nyambayar. I tell you what. Um, just like when we saw the the Soviets uh, kind of break into the U.S., we're, we're starting to see that with 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 the Asians doing that doing it now. Um, hmm. They had a really good Olympian, a lot of good Olympians, um, a lot of good, uh, um, you know, standouts and amateurs. So I, I think pretty soon we're going to start seeing some um, some real names some real names coming from, you know, from Japan and, and, and other spots uh, uh, over there um, start breaking into the U.S. scene there. Um, and he's definitely on the radar of, of keeping an eye on that. 5'8", as a featherweight with that much power, there's no way of avoiding this kid. You can't avoid him. The only criticism I would have is he does have that killer instinct, but he's going to have to kind of relax a little bit. And, and execute when he needs to. He got kind of lucky with Oscar because Oscar's not a technician and didn't know how to get out of a get out of a bad situation. But there was some po- there was some shots that were just a bit too wild, Gabriel. That you could you know that somebody that could have uh, um, that could have fought under that fire would have been able to have been able to see it and counter him, and and probably got themselves out of that situation and uh, drag it out further and then punish him. So those are things that the drawing board, obviously, he's learning because he's still new. I mean, what, how many fights does he have under his belt right now? It was like, what? He's now 10-0, uh, nine knockouts. Right. You know, but, so, yeah. uh, you know, he's 20, 25 years old. Um, and, you know, he just, man, he just looks so good to me. You know, he just, he uh, great balance, uh, great leverage on his shots. His yep. And that, yeah. and just, you know, when he went down, he got up and his mean streak came out. He reminded me of Tito a little bit that, like that, you know? He just like, all right, we're in a fight. I want to jack you up. I want to get you out of there. It was just relentless all the way to the end. And, and pinpoint uh, when he decided to kick into that gear. And Escondon just had, had nothing, nothing for him. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I think it's a little soon to be looking at the rest of the featherweight division and saying, you know, let's put this guy in against anybody. But, uh but man, you know, uh, very very excited to see this guy move along uh, and get used to saying his name. Uh, elsewhere in the world, uh, uh, speaking of names that I have trouble saying, uh, Naoa Anui, sixteen and zero now, uh, fourteen KOs, blows out Jamie McDonald in one. Uh, wow! <laughs> Holy smokes, dude! If, you, if 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 that fight was any later, and I had six beers in me already. That shit would have sobered me up pretty quick because I didn't <laughs> see that coming. I honestly thought that maybe six, seven rounds, um, the fight would have went. I thought that, um, I thought Jamie would have, uh, because he has a good chin. Um, I've, we've seen him hurt before, but he's collected himself pretty good and he's got himself back into the fight and win a fight. But God, the monster. I mean, that's the reason why they call the kid the monster. Jumps up first fight at Bantamweight, and and he does this. God, he shook the world, and he's going to now going to be entering the world's uh, super series of boxing. He just made that. He made. I mean, the tournament was great already, but he just made it even that much greater to to now anticipate a watch. Oh, I mean, because the, the the lineup in this, you know, you've got you've got him who's you know uh, titles at one twelve, one fifteen, and now one eighteen. Uh, 
and he's coming into this tournament against uh, the WBA Super World Champion, Ryan Burnett, uh, WBO title holder Zolani Tate, and IBF title holder Emmanuel Rodriguez. Uh, and that's, you know, that's just the champion side of the field, apparently. Uh, wow. That's going to be an explosive tournament. I, I, I like me some Zolani Tete just because I really like saying his name and I like the way he fights. Uh, but the monster is going to be a problem for everybody. Uh, wow, this is going to be. Do you think he's going to be the favor? Let me ask you that. Out oh yeah. Out of we just saw. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I think it's a no-brainer. I mean, you know, um, McDonald looked like. I mean, he 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 went in at what 143, I believe. He he ended up uh, hydrating back to 143. So obviously. You know, it took him like what two to three hours to show up for the for the weigh-in. So obviously, there's issues there of him making it. But the monster made sure, like, yeah, okay, you might have had problems making the weight, but I made sure that you didn't even make it into the to the first round. It was not even. It was what a minute. Yeah, I mean, but I think to me, like, he he, you know, he he didn't really. He left everything in, in the sauna or wherever it is he lost the weight because he just uh, – McDonald looked stiff to me. Uh, his, his jab didn't I – mean, it was kind of snapless. Um, they were like keep-away punches, even though they were like technically sound. and He's kind of trying to pull axe a little bit with that jab. It just didn't – he didn't look good to me. He didn't look sharp. Uh, and, and the way he took the shots, uh, granted, you know, top of the head that way is, is uh, you know, it's going to uh, discombobulate you. Uh, but uh, I, I just I feel like the way, he, the way he, in, in a way did it. The, the weight was a factor, you right? Know, no question. It was a factor. It, it was a factor. I mean, you can argue about that, but the way in a way did it. Landing the first left hook. I mean, just from the opening, he wanted him. He wanted uh, McDonald to fight out to know for sure that he he brought power. You know, he's the man of the hour. It's the way he did it. Is that he made it? He made sure that. There was no argument that he's a force to be reckoned with, and and because he could have, you know what, sat back and try to settle in to the round, you know, try to for, for the monster to fill it out and say, hey, is this a comfortable weight for me, you know, um, how am I going to react to this guy's punch? No way, he did that. He just went out there and was like, I'm going to make this a short night. I'm done and over with. I want to go home. Yeah, I mean, I just, uh, I, I love it, you know. That's what it reminds me of the old Mike Tyson days. I got to tell you, yeah. it reminds me of the old Mike Tyson. I got up at, what was it, 4 in the morning um, <laughs> to, to, to check, and then I was like, what? Like, I made coffee. I mean, it took me longer to get ready to sit down and watch the fight <laughs> on the app than it did watching the fight, you know. It was crazy. It's <laughs> <I didn't laughs> so finish. funny. Dude, I had two sips of, three sips of coffee, and then the fight was over, and I was like, what the hell happened here? Yeah, that was great. It was great, though. The undercards weren't bad either. You there, Gabriel? Yeah, I mean, yeah, on the undercard, uh, the, uh, I, was, I was doing great on mute. Uh, Ken Shiro, 13-0, seven knockouts. A rematch with Gannigan uh, Lopez from uh, May of uh, 2017 that he got a majority decision on. Uh, here they they did it again over here uh, for the WBC World Light Flyweight Title, uh, but this time uh, things went a little differently uh, with uh, Ken Shiro landing a hell of a body shot to end things abruptly. I think what in the third round, right? Uh, it was the third round, yeah. 
Yeah, beautiful shot to the. Um, I don't. I don't think it was a liver shot. I think it was more. No, it was more of the pit of the, the stomach. Yeah, yeah, the solar plex is where he caught him. And uh, you know, a lot of folks don't really believe that that's a like a. It's a money shot, you know. Um, it's it's one of those where it takes out everything. Your legs. It stops you from breathing for a short bit. Um, your body actually starts to panic. It goes into a panic yeah. mode, you know? Like, oh, oh no, my if God. You, that's a, it's a nerve center. Yeah. If you hit that spot right, uh, somebody could lose all you know, bodily functions. They can vomit. Uh, and they certainly can hit a point where they ain't getting up. Uh, so he gets uh, the KO in two uh, abruptly as uh, Vic Dracolich uh, waved it off. Yeah, it was just uh, beautiful. The time was uh, 158. It was... To me, you know, it was looking like another tight fight, but uh, apparently, like his, I think it was his father or his, you know, uh, told him, like, you use that straight right to the body, it's going to work. And it, boy, boy, did it. Uh, that's, you know, um, to me, uh, did you did you see that fight when you woke up or did you just wake up and see, only see the monster? No, I, I saw that fight when I woke up. But I was more, um, you know, like I said, I was getting ready, but I had, the, you know, my phone set there. You know, watching it, watching it, and, and same thing. I mean, it was quick, so I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, I have time to not go make myself some coffee, get everything else ready, you know." And that's what I did. And then uh, it was a short morning for me. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to go back to sleep, but I couldn't. I was already up, and uh, so I started, you know, uh, conversating on Twitter and checking out emails and just doing other things. But but I was still so amped up about the two fights and the <laughs> you had uh, coffee. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Uh, I'm awake. Where are the fights? I know I'm awake. I'm ready to go. And, uh, Jesus, what happened here? You know? Um, well, I had that feeling, uh, watching the ESPN fight, uh, Jerwin and Cajas <laughs> had, uh, over the weekend, I was expecting not that what we got, I was expecting right. kind of you know an, ex- an exciting fight. Uh, Same here. What happened? You know, I, I was I, like, what was, uh, Jonas Sultan like just didn't seem to to or Sultan didn't didn't seem to bring it. And I'm like, is this why they they waited 93 years to do this? Because uh, <laughs> well, it feels like know, it's taken 93 years to end. <laughs> you know, I tell you what happened. And Gaha's jab is you know it's it's it always shows up. Um, he didn't leave that in the hotel room. He brought that. And Kaha's jab kept uh, Sultan off balance, even though he's a very awkward guy. And, and, but he, was never, he never seemed to be in the fight. The one thing, too, was that Groundhog Day. Every single round, uh, um, Sultan came out and he threw the same combination. He never switched it up until the late, late rounds. And the championship rounds, I believe, like ninth and 10th, even the 11th, he started like introducing the that he had an uppercut, or he could throw a body shot. But other than that, um, he just keeps trying the same thing that just wasn't working for him. Yeah, it was tough yeah. to watch. It really was. I mean, I was trying to be positive and say, okay, well, we're seeing a beautiful, a beautiful boxer, in uh, in in uh just giving a a great boxing I'd... display, but. Jesus, it was just really hard to kind of just sit there and just go, okay, this is getting really boring. I was actually starting to look at, I was watching it, but then I started strolling, um, strolling along through through uh, uh, my stream of uh, uh, Hulu and and 
YouTube brand, and I even saw, I was like, man, you know what would be better than watching right now than this fight? Uh, the new, the new uh, New Jersey road trip vacation. And I can't even watch that crap, but I know for sure there's going to be a little bit more excitement. <laughs> yeah, just uh, yeah, brutally boring. And, and uh, what was the final count on the uh, Manny Pacquiao comparison punch stats? Oh, my God. I think that was thrown out more than, um, and then, and then jabs in that whole fight. Yeah, I mean, just he fights nothing like him. He doesn't fight like nothing, Tom, nothing like him. And they're yeah. Filipino. It would be like you know, I don't know. The only, like after like, the only similarity I saw was um, Sultan's head movement, and that was in the beginning. Yeah, I thought that guy fought like a, yeah. you know more than Manny Pacquiao than than German and Cajas. It just like you know, let him be his own guy. Yeah, I know. And they're trying to sell it so hard for um, in Cajas, but they're not. They're not kind of giving him his own image. They're trying to put him under a shadow. And you know what? They did him. They, the, the the commentators did no justice for him, for the American audience, because the American audience are looking at this like, I don't see Manny at all. I don't know what what are, what are we watching here? There's no there's nothing there. You know, like I said, he's more of a technician, no power. Um, but then again, he fought a really awkward game guy, but he he. He kept them off the way Laura Laura would keep off certain opponents, you know, with a jab and being content and taking it all 12 rounds and outpointing the guy. Yeah, I mean, it. you know, it is what it is, you know. It's just, uh, we'll see. You know, I'm curious to see what the numbers are. You know, it was like 5,000 people were there. Uh, which is great for a fight that really, you know, it's, it's kind of strange that it landed there. Um, you know, uh, I'm curious to see if Bob will, will go back there with him or, you know, what, or what they do, you know. But uh, uh, the uh, Khalid Yafai versus David Carmona fight, though, that fight, that Ooh, was a that real was a fucking fight. deal. That, that was the real deal. Event. Oh, my goodness. That, that I put a letdown after that. Yeah, yeah, you know, then you get into that one because I watched them back to back, and we talked in between, and you were like, "Oh, it's it's terrible," which you know, I was like, "Oh, great, uh, this is going to be wonderful." But uh, <laughs> this fight, I mean, man, welcome, welcome to the states, Khalid Yafai, twenty-four and zero, fifteen knockouts, uh, eight-year-old super weight, you know, it's five-four, uh, and then there against the, uh, David Carmona, that dude taking over for answer. Uh, and for a second there, he thought, you know, he, he had him. He, he put uh, Yafe down, right? Uh, you know, and then uh, then things went went a different way. I, I you know, honestly, I, I was sitting there watching this fight, and I felt like I was watching the start of uh, HBO Boxing After Dark. That that, yeah. that was the reminiscence of it. You know, that's that was the kind of fights that we used to get on HBO boxing after dark, you know, um, something that oh, you yeah. look forward to regardless that it wasn't about high pro, uh, profiling certain fighters. What it was, was getting uh, a good fights made and just putting it on the card. And that's it. That's, you know, even though, uh, Carmona was a shop worn warrior, you know what? Um, he wanted to leave out with a bang. He wanted to leave out with a swan song and he definitely didn't get a golden watch. He got a beating, but he got a beating where we all were like, wow, this dude is a warrior. He just brought it, like, nonstop. 
you know. Uh, he got hurt, and then he hurt Khalid, you know. Uh, like, you know, he got put down, and then uh, was it, Yafai came in kind of into the corner, right, and ate like a left hook on the tip of the chin that he just didn't see. And the rest of the round, you know, dude was like going to the body, coming back upstairs. Uh, he was a, you know, Carmona's like a well-schooled dude, all-around fighter. He just wouldn't get up. Uh, you know, and ultimately they did. He gave in. Uh, but while it was going, I mean, it was a trial by fire uh, for Khalid Yafai. Yafai went out there. I tell you what, they both, Yafai and Carmona, to me, they, it was the it was a fight between body snatchers. They both were throwing some hellacious body shots. They both were it's trying to take up. out. Yeah, they were both trying to take out the air out of the tire. And uh, Jesus, I mean. I watched the fight three times. That's how good it was. You know, it wow. was that good. Well, Sit there and just go. Yeah. You know, it was like, you know, I, I, I brought my kids down. I'm like, hey, you got to watch this fight. This is a good fight. This was a you, we, you, know, you know, let me tell you this. Meat and potatoes. Yeah. It was steak yeah, and potatoes. Saturday you know? morning, went to work, called up my brother, called up my, 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 my oldest son and my youngest son and said, hey, um, I don't know if it's too late, but would you guys want to be, you guys want to drive out to Fresno, buy some tickets? You know, blah, blah, blah. And everybody was like, no, nah, not really, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, you know what? They're probably not going to be that event. I want to see the main event. I think the main event's going to be really good, but I bet you everything else is not going to be worth it. I regret that I didn't go. I said it just went by myself. <laughs> I think, you know, if, yeah, if the Fresno yeah. fans, they, 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 they weren't, I mean, they were booing the main event. But there's no denying they got a treat. From Khalid and, 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 and David Carmona. There's no way to denying that. They got a, a real treat. They got to see something really special that night between those two. They made that, that, that what is it, uh, uh, the Save Mart uh, Arena electric. Yeah, I mean, I, I did. I wanted to go over there. I had rehearsal that day. We we uh, we moved to that day. I, I was planning on going to the fights, you know, uh, if not, you know, covering them, just going as a fan and checking it out. I've been wanting to see a fight in Fresno for a while. Uh, the next available fight is going to be what July seventh, when uh, Jose Ramirez uh, comes to town. Uh, so, then I'm busy night too. That one, but you, you should check it out, man. I mean, I, I think it's it's exciting that NorCal is getting some love because it's, we love fights up here. San Francisco was a fight town, Sacramento was a fight town, and and uh, yep, so definitely now a fight fight town. San Jose was a great fight town as as well. I mean, we didn't have the the biggest high profile fights out there, but we had some great, uh, you know, upcoming uh, um, contenders. You know, gee, there's a word that hasn't been uh, used in a long time: contenders. Yeah, no, it's it's gonna be exciting, you know. Uh, I'm just looking at something online. Kenichi Ogawa scored a very controversial. This is being tweeted out by Ring Gang Radio. Uh, over he had a controversial win over Tevin Armour in December, and has been suspended one year retroactively from uh, December uh, 2017 after he tested positive for two forms of uh, androstenodiol, uh, synthetic testosterone. Hmm. A real thing. Interesting. Wow. Yep. It's uh, all around the world. Same song. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> we we we, uh, we we talked about uh, just just thinking about you know it, it's a weird thing with boxing because you'll like Abel really hates PED use. 
Like he just like going back, like I remember like uh, Pascal was going to train up there. I wrote this story um, and uh, he was going to bring Memo Heredia with him. Mm. And, and Angel was like, no, you can't come to my gym. I don't want that guy in my gym with that past. Um, Yeah. And so, you know, um, I can understand like, but it's, but it's strange to me that like, I always wonder how many people are cheating and how prevalent it really is and how much people really know. Because they they treat it like when you look at the professionals like an Abel and he's looking around the sport like you know he doesn't even want it near his gym, is pissed at Canelo and is assuming like you're in for a penny, in for a pound. If you're doing if you get caught for clenbuterol, you know it confirms all my other suspicions. I can I, I trust professionals' opinions, you know. Um, so it just always makes me wonder like how prevalent is it really? Hmm. Well, I mean you know? it's Abel and it's his fighter. But and, I mean, um, I'm just looking at, at this guy too. Right. You know, this guy testing positive. You know, all the way across around the world. You know, yeah. for this drug, it's like, well, okay, it's got to be a lot more prevalent than we realize. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I'm just looking over the fights I took notes on, and I was reading the we wrong. We pretty much notes covered everything. You know, the, yeah. the only fight that we haven't talked about is David Lemieux because, uh, well, I haven't been able to. I haven't out. seen it yet. Yeah. yeah, I've seen it. I haven't found a stream on it. I looked for it, but I heard he didn't look too great. Um, heard he, he struggled, right? He struggled to make the weight, 160. Yeah, I think he came in over that, 162. I could be wrong. But, yeah, uh, it's looking like he's moving to 168. Uh, he, says he's, uh, you know, he says he can still make 160. Uh, so, I mean, you know, maybe he's looking at that Canelo fight. You know, maybe he oh, gets we did that have, shot. We, we did have a question um, on um, on Twitter, didn't we? From one of our listeners. From one of our listeners. We did. I got to roll back and and find it. Tom Boxeo, the question. Uh, Tommy Boxeo, yeah. Here I'm looking is. for it as well too. I got it. He's like, I'm having a beer too. My question is, how old do you rate Jose Uscadagai? How, how do you see him becoming a future world champion and beating James DeGale? Hmm. I don't know how, how I rate him. I mean, uh, yeah. Do I think he beats James DeGale? I think he's got, you know, he's a tough, rugged guy. He's a tough, you know? yeah, I was going to say, yeah. You know? Um, um, got a solid chin, right? Um, well, I rate him. <sighs> Rough around the edges. That's how I rate him. Yeah, that's a great way to describe him. But, two, um, 23 knockouts. Uh, you know, I think with that kid, what I like about him is he knows who he is. When you have a fighter that knows who he is and tries and tries and doesn't try to go in there and act like something else, meaning not trying to box a guy, um, is going to throw punches because he got, he's heavy-handed or, you know, or he's just looking to put damage wherever he could put his glove on, that's a guy that, that can actually uh, create something out of, out of nothing. Um, God, DeGale, I mean, though, I don't know, you know, um, that's an interesting fight. What do you, what do you think? Well, I mean, this guy, just, he, he's like, uh, kind of hard, but he keeps coming. It's just like, you know, uh, digging your body, constant pressure, just slowly breaking you down. Uh, and, and, you know, the, I don't know, but the, the drill fights, 
I felt like, I don't know, it's hard, you know, with Darrell, it's hard to tell where somebody is at because I, mentally, he's just kind of all over the place. But uh, I think, you know, if I had to pick somebody in that fight, I would lean toward uh, Uzgadagi or Guy. Is it Uzgadagi? Uzgadagi. <laughs> Uma? Oprah. Um, Oprah. <laughs> but, but I would, uh, uh, I would definitely, um, I would probably, yeah, I would lead him in that fight, pushing James DeGale over know, the cliff. I don't know, man. Uh, I don't you know, like James uh, DeGale? You're a James DeGale hugger. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm actually a uh, tooth fairy. Um, <laughs> I like, I like, my, my question would be is the mind frame of DeGale. Um, is he going to go in there thinking he's a bigger puncher? Is he is he thinking he's going to be able to? Is he going to go in there with a game plan of trying to muscle the muscle, the guy that wants to push forward? Because if he does that, then yeah, got a guy is going to be it's going to be his kind of a fight. And that's uh, he was able to kind of trap Durrell, who's got the faster hand speed, and, and most would say he's more athletic. But I've always questioned that. I mean, there's some athleticism, but I don't think it was like a different type of – because to me, there's two di- different types of athleticism in boxing. There's one where a guy can do things that you're normally not supposed to do in boxing, and then there's the other guy that has the athlete body and, you know, he looks the part, but he can't really establish himself in the ring to do certain things that would awe you. And Darrell's never kind of, you know, drew me in to believing that. Um you know, he, he had some fundamentals, but it just weren't very good, in my opinion. Um, the yeah, he's guy, athletic. Though, he, he's not explosive. Yeah, th- there you go. That's yeah, that's what I'm. He's not he's not explosive at all. You know, and uh, he doesn't know how to um, time his shots. And what I mean by that, like he doesn't, his eye on the prize of cashing out is never there. You know, he kind of sits a little too long. He he. He kind of waits a little bit to see what he needs to, excuse me, um, see what he wants to throw and, and land. And his feet are never quick enough to get him out of a situation. I'm not taking that away from him. I'm not saying that Jose didn't have any part of that because he did. You know, um, a lot of times when you put pressure on somebody, pressure actually makes the other person think a bit faster than they would normally would do with a guy that's trying to box you. What with DeGale, though, is the guy's been through some fire. And we've kind of seen him um, with uh, Jack. Uh, uh, um, oh my God, it's went blank. Uh, with um, Jack um, Badu, right? Badu Jack. Yeah, Badu Jack. There you go. Uh, with Badu Jack, and uh, we've seen him got hurt. We've seen him uh, um, take some major shots, and and so when I when I think about him, I kind of see him more or less well he could probably take a little bit of the pressure that Jose is going to bring. You know, it's just whether or not he's going to try to pressure the pressure guy. And I think that's just an all bad overall game plan. You know, you want to circle him. You want to make sure that you're turning the guy that's putting the pressure so that, you know, he has to replant his feet and then you could get off on your punches and then you could just keep it moving, keep it moving. And you can soften up the pressure guy like that where you could back him up eventually on the fourth and fifth round. So I don't know. It's a toss up in the air right now. In my opinion, I think whoever brings it is, uh, is going to be the winner, but who's the fresher of the two? Who do you think, Gabriel? I, I think 
the Gale's got some, a lot of miles, but I think he still has enough to um, take a guy that's not doesn't have a lot to be read. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I think I think the Gale's, you know, he's not past it. I think people, some people were saying he was shot uh, for a minute there, but I, I still don't think he's. I, I think he could be broken down and beaten up. You know, and Uscada would have to get through some fire, and DeGale would have to be at his best. He'd have to really, you know, uh, to, to take him seriously uh, in order to win the fight. You know, it's, it's a guy that could uh, could definitely take your ass out if you're not prepared for him. Yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Yeah, if he shows up and he's, like, taking this guy, ah, this guy's just, a, you know, he's got heavy feet, he's slow, I can box him, I can outbox him, you know. No, Scotty can really do a lot of damage and make a mold, make make uh, DeGill look shot like some people have kind of suggested. Yeah, it's an interesting fight though. I, I think it's an interesting fight. I like to see it. I think we're all talked out, man. What do you think? Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just like checking the Twitter timeline, like going back and forth between the, between the two of them. Yeah, I mean, it's Memorial Day, man. And uh, I'm ready to get outside. There's a little bit of sun left. Maybe get walk in, you know. I'm outside. I told you, right? I'm doing the show outside. I've been outside. I'm barbecuing yeah. and, and doing the show. That's why you heard the sirens in the background and somebody. Something happened. I thought that was, thought yeah. that was all Troy. That's hilarious. No, there was there was all Troy with with the kids and screaming. There ain't no kids over here, but I'm in the, I am in the backyard. <laughs> That's hilarious. So if you heard uh, like right now there's an alarm going, somebody's car alarm. But um, just I, I think midway through the show, we, I had some ducks, dude, because there's ducks around, here. <laughs> and two ducks that hang out all the time. I call them Bob and Steve. They're never th- th- these pair are always together. So we're we're talking and all that. Um, I think Trini was on. Yeah, and. I'm talking, and all of a sudden, I see the ducks just walk right by me, just like quack, 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 just walk. <laughs> I was like, holy smokes. <laughs> Anyways, man, uh, again, it's always good to talk That's boxing. That's hilarious. Are, uh, yeah, it was, it was great, man. It's, it's, it's just, I'm surprised the cats here haven't attacked these ducks, um, but I, you know, these are street ducks. These are street ducks. They ain't the regular ducks, you know what I mean? Ain't ducking nobody. These ducks don't do. They don't duck nobody. Um, they kind of they even hiss at you. That's that's crazy. They hiss at you over here. But um, hey, man, enjoy the rest of your your Monday here, uh, the Memorial Weekend, and uh, I will be back next week, Monday again. No more Thursday. So if you're just tuning in today, you hear the end of our show here. We are no longer on Thursday nights. We're on Monday nights. That's right. Monday nights at 6 p.m. Pacific time here on Leaving the Ring. Enjoy the rest of the day, man. Get some sun out there. Get some vitamin uh, D there, uh, Mr. Montoya. Um, I'm getting yeah. a lot. I think I'm going to go inside now finding stuff. Because, uh, yeah, my back is probably burnt up right now from facing the, from facing the sun. <laughs> but anyways, uh, don't enjoy your weekend here because uh, tomorrow's work day. And drink, you know, drink responsible, drink safe, get home to the family. It's not worth it. Anyways, enjoy. <laughs> Peace.